Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest, Long Acres Mile Week 2020. Joe with you along with Vince Brune and Marketing Manager Wes Petrie on the controls. And uh, Vince, it's a little different year. It's a lot different year, but it is Long Acres Mile Week here at Emerald Downs. It sure is, Joe. 21 races, 10 on Wednesday at 2.15. And at 5 o'clock Thursday, we've got an 11-race card, the mile, the 85th Long Acres Mile, 100,000 grade 3, race 8, 8.30 p.m. we got a field of 10. Very interesting field, Joe. And another twist of fate, Drew the four hole. He will be the 8 to 5 morning line choice. Second two choices, uh, we'll have the trainer of these runners on here in a little bit. Our uh, five-star general at 9-2, to two, he's the reason at 5-1. to one. And Elliot Bay, top local horse at 8-1 to one on the morning line. Yeah, Elliot Bay, uh, winner of the Mount Rainier and two for two at the meeting. Who thought Elliot Bay would be the top local horse? I don't think Frank Lucarelli did coming into this year. What a dream year he's had. Uh, Kudos Scott Hansen and the Seattle Times. Nice feature story on Frank last Sunday. Really having a great year. Chad and Josh is principal owners. He's got a lot of great owners are having a great year, and they've got uh, a good shot with Elliott Bay. Uh, you know, and the race does kind of set up for him, you know, a little bit, Joe. It does. Uh, you know, there's a, there's enough speed in there. And one of the fastest horses we've seen at Emerald Downs, I mean, you think of Attaboy Roy, who was uh, – tremendous here and on a national level but uh, papa's golden boy consistently has put up some spectacular fractions and overall races sure has and and you know it's going to be the pre-race huddles with the trainers talking to jockeys and all that you know there's going to be a lot of talk about papa's golden boy in all the camps because he is very fast and you know another twist of fate coming off the layoff how do you ride that horse joe he's got some pretty good natural speed, but, you know, he's not going to be in front. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting that way in the strategy. It does. And it's going to make for a really lively betting in this 10-horse mile field with another twist of fate 
uh, certainly the best horse, the best horse mm-hmm. theory uh, off his accomplishments. You can't really use the fact that he hasn't won on dirt because he has run two really big races on dirt in the mm-hmm. uh, Sunland Derby and the uh, Lexington. He didn't win them, but he was second in each. He's All three of his career victories aren't synthetic. But the thing is, he hasn't run in 16 months. So handicappers are going to see he's the best horse on paper. His works are great. But a lot of Sharpies will say, I'm yeah. gonna ta- you got to take a shot against a horse who's been off that long. That's right. And, he, and on paper, certainly he's the best horse. You know, he's nicely bred, beautiful horse, and he seems to be training awful well. But we all know training and racing are a couple different things. And he, he seems to be okay, doing well over the track, Joe. And, uh, but it, like you say, it's very different when they, uh, when they suit up for the race itself. The Long Acres Mile and uh, our leading all-time stakes Sire Harbor the Gold, represented by three Washington breads, uh, Elliott Bay, Papa's Golden Boy, and the Press. Yeah, really interesting there. And he's having another uh, great season with horses like uh, Time for Gold and uh, Elliott Bay. And uh, was it uh, Gold Crusher? Gold Crusher. In fact, good, good segue. Nice work right there. Let's go back a week before we get into more miles. As they round the turn and race for home, and it's Gold Crusher bounding away by four in the final furlong, chased by Harbor's Rule from the outside. Next comes Vinny from Dixie, but Gold Crusher continues on in galloping fashion to win the Muckleshoot Derby. Well, Carl Vince Brune, gold crusher, the full younger brother of Papa's golden boy, the first of that duo to win a stakes race here at Emerald Downs. Sure did. Uh, a very impressive uh, yeah. stakes win and Princess of Cairo winning the Oaks earlier. Gold Crusher, incidentally, our WTBOA Washington Bread of the Week. And why not with a performance like that? Rest of the honors last week, Joe. Jennifer Whitaker got her 500th win at Emerald Down. She's our Jockey of the Week. Kay Cooper, a couple wins now, 9 for 46. Training at the meet, almost 20%. She's our Trainer of the Week. Glenn Kelly and Ann McLennan, they got a nice four-year-old midshipman gilding mm-hmm. named Missed the Boat, ran the fastest mile of the meet, 134.63, gives the horses Thursday night something to shoot at. Yeah. Uh, that's a three-time winner now, Missed the Boat. Uh, they are our owners of the week, Glenn Kelly and Ann McLennan. Very good. Gold Crusher, the Washington Bread of the Week. Uh, Frank Lucarelli trainee, owned by Chad and Josh, and Eddie Martinez, uh, he felt he had the horse in the clubhouse turn to just kind of move away a bit and separate and get the lead, and, and he knew his horse. Wow, that horse won by four and three-quarters official lengths. Huge victory by Gold Crusher over the favorite Unmatchable, who closed very well once again. Muncie third, right behind Unmatchable once again. That's the Derby, and you did mention the winner of the Oaks. Let's hear Tom Harris's stretch run. And it's Daffodil Sweet who's led it from gates opening, who kicks off the turn a length and a half to the good, up to challenges Princess of Cairo now. And it's down to these two girls in deep stretch. Princess of Cairo's coming on from the outside to get the lead, and Princess of Cairo has won the Washington Oaks. Daffodil Sweet goes down for the first time in her career, and you can't say she ran poorly at all, Vince, but Princess of Cairo, the daughter of of Cairo Prince, granddaughter of Pioneer of the Nile, a little bit better in the stretch. Yeah, and that that time, final time, 141.12 was... About three ticks faster yeah. than the Colts, so no, no, nothing for Daffodil Sweet to be uh, 
Ashamed of there, she's now got four starts with three wins in a second. I'll take that any day of the week. And Princess of Cairo, yeah, very, very nice run. They were way ahead of the rest of the horses. Indeed. Princess of Cairo, just her fourth career start for Glenn Todd and the North American Thoroughbred Corporation. Actually, and Dr. Mark Domenico, part owner of uh, Princess of Cairo as well. Get Dr. Mark in there as they've got a nice filly. Gary Wales aboard a two and three quarter length winner over Daffodil Suite, who was 12 and a quarter lengths behind, ahead of everybody else. So Oaks and Derby in the books from last week. You went over the weekly honors and uh, we can uh, take a short time out and we're going to come back with owner trainer Glenn Todd right here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues its mile week at Emerald Downs, and this individual achieved a lifelong goal in winning the 2012 mile with Taylor Said. Mario Gutierrez aboard, and of course, Troy Taylor trained the horse in Canada. Mike Puich, trainer down here. Glenn Todd joining us on Horse Racing Northwest with a couple of horses in the 2020 mile. Glenn, uh, good to have you on. Thank you very much, Joel and uh, Vince. It's a uh, pleasure to be on with you. Hey, uh, and you are currently at a horse sale in BC. Yeah, I'm at the CTH sale, yearning uh, sale in BC. Actually, that's great. At the moment, I'm speaking to you from the sale. Well, Glenn, uh, you know Mike Puich uh, told me about you several years ago, and. Uh, you know, and then I started noticing that uh, you are going to go down in history as one of the most important people in all of Northwest racing, uh, totally supporting Hastings with uh, your owning, training, purchasing, uh, participation at the track. And here at Emerald Downs, uh, we see your horses so often, and you supported the Pegasus Center in Redmond. In fact, Mike Puich. Uh, he says, I love that guy. Believe me, uh, he's like a second father to me, and uh, he's supported our operation and just uh, love seeing Glenn every time uh, I get the opportunity. So uh, you got a big fan, Mike Puich, and you're bringing in Mario Gutierrez, who's two for two in the mile, and he's also won the Kentucky Derby the same year that he's won the mile, Glenn. Uh, that has to be a thrill for 20. you. Yeah, twice. He's, he's won the Kentucky Derby. Two years that he won the Longer's Mile. Once yeah. in 212 for us, and then uh, 
then he went for Hollendorfer, I guess, in 16. 16 or something. That yeah. is an incredible number. Mario Gutierrez, two for two in the mile. He had a little bit of a mishap there in the last race at Del Mar Saturday, but you said you talked to him uh, right away from the hospital, and he's fine. And he, he won a race Sunday, didn't he? Glenn? The test, and he's on the flight at 5.32, so he'll be in there tomorrow. And... Um, Unfortunately, I can't come down, but um, he's my number one guy, and I hope we do well. Uh, he is your number one guy. You helped get him started up there, and uh, you uh, informed me uh, earlier that, uh, you know, Mario and you actually are, were pretty close when he was a youngster. He came here at 16, and um, I took him under my wing, and uh, he was here till he was 25 years old, actually. So he's probably one... 500 races for me over the years. Wow. And, so, uh, uh, yeah, him and I are pretty close. He calls me dad. Canadian father. <laughs> and Vince, you know what uh, Glenn told me in an earlier conversation was that Mario was mad when Glenn told him to stay in Southern California. He said, you stay down there. <laughs> You're going to make it down there. You're too good for up here. And he was mad at you, wasn't he, Glenn? Oh, he was mad. He was serious, actually. <laughs> he was trying to get a ride home with Troy. And Troy <laughs> says, I'm not taking you home because he's going to send you right back. I said, Mary, I don't understand. This is your gain and my loss, right? You're far too good to be right in the Hastings Park. Yeah. And, um, and a week later, he got on, uh, I'll have another, and yeah, the rest is history there, right? I guess. Nyquist. Glenn, yeah. you uh, you got two pretty pretty solid horses coming in here. Five-star general, and he's the reason. Second and third choices on the morning line. We're speaking of Mario. He's two for two on five-star general. Looks like he fits that horse perfectly. Yeah, Mario loves the horse. He's um, he's been bugging me all year to make sure that he got to ride him in the miles. So wow! I said no problem, and he's riding for me in the distaff as well, uh, Amazonian. Oh yeah, that's that's a treat to see Mario. What a outstanding young man, a nice young man. Jeez, uh, I, I've never heard even close to any kind of negative comment about him. And then to come through like he comes through in the big races. Well, you you saw a gem there when he was a teenager, and it has worked out for both of you guys. Uh, yeah, he's got, go ahead, Glenn. He's got gifted. He's got gifted hands, mm, right? Yeah, and he's got uh, he's got. Ice in his blood. He really does. He's cool as a cucumber. Yeah. That if he's is, in front turn for home, it's, he's hard to get by. That is a great combination. Yeah, that was a memorable 2012 mile on that battle with winning machine, Frank Lucarelli's horse. You're going up against Lucarelli again. Uh, five-star general is his racing schedule as you wanted to see it so far this year? Yeah, I. all three horses that are there, mm-hmm. I trained them to run them up brought them along and tried to peak them to run in the mile, period. I didn't uh, try to press them on. There's nothing much here in Canada, as you know, this year, unfortunately. So I focused from day one on uh, getting there to uh, try to take another run in the longest mile. Outstanding. Well, you know, you have supported this race uh, uh, by yourself, along with Dr. Domenico so well over the last uh decade and a half uh and we've been the beneficiary northwest fans uh so five-star general he can be tactical and he can also uh show good speed he can make a mid-race move and and as vince said uh and you uh confirmed mario is two for two aboard him so uh no instructions really for mario on that horse huh no mario knows the horse and um you know there's a lot of speed outside of this and uh 
Redekop's horse is in between us, and he, he's got speed even though he hasn't started, but we'll, we'll be in a good position down the two-hole. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're not going to chase that speed, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is one fast sprinter, that Papa's Golden Boy. Boy, I know you're aware of him. Yeah. Uh, he's yep. the reason, uh, son of the factor, five-year-old, had a really good season last year as a four-year-old with three wins up there, a couple of stakes. Uh, and tell us how he's coming into the mile. He's coming in perfect. He's um, We prepped him for the mile, too, and uh, he's got more speed than the other horse. And, you know, we'll, we'll probably stalk the leader with him, so mm-hmm. would be the plan. But anything can happen in a horse race. Yeah, you're you right. Know, as, uh, as Charlie Whittingham said, you know, I've done my part now. I'm turning it over to a guy that wears a size six hat, wears size one shoes, and weighs 100 pounds. <laughs> so I've done my part, right? <laughs> well, Whittingham, he was a, yeah. oh boy, he was a yeah, great quote. Uh, Vince had the opportunity to work around Whittingham for several years late in his career. And uh, anyway, he's the reason. Uh, What's his morning line in there, Vince? He's five, and, and Glenn, it looks both horses have been able to breeze here at Emerald Downs, too, although neither have raced over. It looks like they've come in and done just fine here in preparation. Uh, Cruz breezed. Um, he's the reason. Mm-hmm. He told Sandy Gann and his agent that's the best horse he's ever sat on. Wow. When he breezed him. And, and all that's some nice praise. He was leading rider down yeah. at Phoenix, and he's our right. leading rider as well, so... Alex Cruz aboard. He's the reason for Glenn Todd, uh, five-year-old son of the factor, a real strong uh, two-horse contingent from Glenn Todd in the Long Acres Mile on Thursday. And the race before the mile is the Emerald Distaff, another race you've won here at Emerald Downs. How about uh, the the Mayor Amazonian, who has had just one start this year? Well, she's only had one, right? Because I prepped her to come there, too. Okay. The one start she did had. She broke through the gate. She opened the gate with her head, and uh, and they they reloaded her. They should have scratched her. She was almost dizzy when she got back to the barn. Mm-hmm. Even they she banged the gate open with her head, and I was I was I was actually I was pretty mad that they ran her, but but uh, she's a pretty nice filly. Um, I I turned down five hundred thousand for that filly. Wow! Wow! She's a she's a Phipps Phipps bred filly, and if you were to look up her paper. She's uh, got paper coming from everywhere, so mm-hmm. she's but, really well bred, Tony. Really well bred. Speaking of nice fillies, Glenn, con- belated congratulations on Princess of Cairo, who yeah. knocked off one of our top horses here last week, uh, Daffodil Sweet in the Washington Oaks. Uh, you had to be elated watching her performance. Yeah, I was. I um, I was just got home from the track in time to, from Hastings to one time to watch it actually, <laughs> but um, I told Sandy she was going to run huge. It was one of the few horses I think I've ever had, and I've had hundreds. Yep. But the horse got better every day. From start to start, it just got better and better and better. I told Sandy, she'll win for sure. But an if, and or but. I'm not afraid of the speed horse. This is a really good feeling, and I think she'll win. And she did. She, she won down. She won convincingly. Yeah, that, that's, that's really fine for a trainer to see a horse progress daily, uh, racing and training. And 
And Princess of Cairo came through in our Oaks last week with a clear victory over the previously undefeated Daffodil Suite. Glenn Todd. Glenn, we don't want you to miss any uh, possible stars of the future you're, there. And uh, thanks. You're saving, me, you're, saving me, you're saving me money. Thanks a lot. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll spend it eventually in the horse business. We know that. But uh, thanks, thanks yeah. so much for your Thank participation, you Glenn. Yeah. And tell Mr. Renicop good luck to him, too. Should I really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you if you Bye. want, thanks, Glenn. Uh, I will. Bye. Glenn Todd joining us, and uh, yeah, you know Mike Puich. Uh, I know he told me uh, several years ago. He goes, "This guy's another Pegram man. He's another Pegram." And, and I met Glenn, and he was just a little bit uh, angry on one point of something. I go, "Well, you really? He's a Pegram." Oh yeah, you get to know him, and and he. I mean, the support he does in so many different... Fa- Look at that. He's buying more yearlings you now, bet. and uh, uh, he is a big part of uh, the business up there you, contributing. Been, yeah, yeah, you've been up to his place oh, there, yeah. right? The simulcast? Uh, yeah. Is it in The Surrey? Derby. The it, Derby, oh, yeah. Oh, it's right across the uh, truck stop uh, up there in BC. Right? And that's all horse racing in there, too, right? Oh, yeah, they have a handicapping contest every Saturday. Thanks to Glenn Todd for joining us. Um, we're going to also have John White on. A little bit of stats on the mile. I've got one here. Uh, favorites have won the mile 38% of the time, which is a little bit higher than the normal average, just a bit higher, 38% in 84 previous Long Acres miles. Second favorites have won 26% of the time, Vince Brune. That's a total of 64% from the favorite or second favorite. So the fan has picked out the best horse fairly well here in this race. And yet the $2 average win price is still, I believe, over $13, yeah, $13. for the race. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you get 10 or 11 horses in a race, the favorite is still going to pay pretty well. So That's right. uh, it's just an optimum betting race uh, throughout the years and decades here in the Northwest. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, almost 11 horses per race over the history and again we have 10 this year so not too far off that uh how about yourself well this is some real minutiae here okay uh six of the 10 started this year i've been into minutiae before we all are and uh, we'll have another guy john white on he's into it too six of the 10 starters in this year's mile finished first or second in their last start but but not the top two choices another twist of fate or uh, hmm. five-star general Interesting. Uh, are coming off. Of course, another twist of fate. That was in the Preakness against some ex- exceptionally good horses. So while uh, five-star general ran third uh, up at uh, Hastings, um, but he's going to go to uh, his preferred distance uh, on Thursday. So that should help him, I would think. That's right. Uh, a flat mile, two-turn race, certainly interesting there also glenn uh, uh, kind of confirmed joe that you know they're not going to try to take on papa's golden boy early even though he's the reason especially has a lot of early speed yeah uh papa's golden boy i will make some uh more comments and some selections uh a little bit later after john white's on and uh Let's see. Uh, you did the honors, the stake standings. Uh, Frank Lucarelli has Elliott Bay in here, who we mentioned off the top. Uh, top local horse, two for two, won the Mount Rainier. He's won five of our ten stakes so far. And Chad and Josh's owners, what do they got? Four. Four stakes. And Eddie wins. Martinez has. Does four. he have four as well? So yeah, you know, and we've seen that here, Joe, uh, at Long Acres with the. Uh, excuse me, at Emerald Downs with the Long Acres Mile, where the. The hot horse and the hot connections, sometimes it's just kind of their year, you know? 
And, yeah, James uh, Carell comes to mind on Snippledoo. Yeah, and Wasserman uh, assessment. The yeah. years, you know, they were just they That's got right. they got on rolls. And uh, Winning Machine, he didn't win it, but he was the best horse that year. You know, you just kind of it's there's something to that, and you know, you got to be a sharp horse to win at uh, eight furlongs. So you got to run hard the oh, whole way in that race. What so. a tough distance. Yeah, you got to be. You know, Attaboy Roy tried it to, to stretch out, and he was dynamics at the fastest fractions in race history which could be on the line Thursday night. Uh, and he did throw a shoe about just before the three-eighths pole. And as Ricky Frazier will tell you, gosh, if I could have got him to change leads, I think, still think I would have won. But it just uh, caught up with him. Um, it's, a, it's an extended sprint. You don't really have time for a breather in that race unless you're a horse like Stryker, PhD, or Chum Sama that just yeah. have that awesome kick and they were exceptional closers you know yeah. they were just out, outstanding horses um yeah it, you gotta be you gotta be a fit and tough horse to win the long acres mile i think there's i remember jerry hollendorfer interviewing him one time and he said that is one of the hardest races in north america to win the long acres mile he has a lot of respect for it it is you gotta have a tough horse to win that race indeed okay we're gonna take a short break uh and this will be our last break we're gonna come back with john white who knows his mile history inside and out. He even attended the race in the 60s, though he's younger than I am. Uh, he is, uh, well, he's next on Horse Racing Northwest. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines, action-packed table games, and the largest smoke-free area in the state, plus a newly remodeled casino floor and new center bar. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest continues Long Acres Mile Week, 85th mile coming up Thursday. Of course, as Vince mentioned off the top, first time on a weekday, first time under the lights. It's the latest date on the calendar in race history, September 10th. And uh, what would a show be, a radio show or a podcast be for the mile without getting some input from John White, uh, Spokane native. I remember that Philly real well, John. But, uh, John, good to have you on our mile show. Great to be with you guys. Happy mile week. And uh, my first Long Anchors mile, I was there 53 years ago for King's Favor. Yeah. And this is a, a milestone year for the Long Anchors mile because it was 50 years ago that my favorite horse, Turbulator, in the most famous defeat in Northwest racing history, yep. as the 6-5 to five favorite in the Long Anchors mile, had a stirrup break coming out of the starting gate, still finished fifth, lost by only two and a half lengths. He was coming off his world record performance at six and a half furlongs. He came back in the Seattle Handicap on Labor Day and gained revenge on Silver Double, who had won the Long Acres Mile that year. And Turbulator won the Seattle Handicap uh, on a wet track, defeating Silver Double. And then Turbulator wrapped up uh, his outstanding 1970 Long Acres campaign with an impressive win in the Washington Championship, and he broke the track record that day, 141 flat, sliced two-fifths off the track record mm -hmm. that had stood for many years, and Turbulator carried 128 pounds and just cruised the victory under Larry Pierce that day. So a lot of, a lot of mile memories, but we have a, a terrific field for this year's edition of the mile. 
Yeah, Turbulator, 50 years ago. Who'd have thought that that time would have flown by that fast? But a lot of mile history come and gone, and we're going to do it again. And uh, let's start with another twist of fate, John. Uh, the best horse on paper hasn't won on dirt yet, but uh, I shouldn't even really say that because he's run huge on dirt twice. And what about that 16-month layoff, though, as a handicapper? Well, it's always something to consider, no question about it. And there's where you have to really place your faith in the trainer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Blaine Wright, whose father, Richard Wright, happened to ride Kid Cabin. Hmm. When Kid Cabin finished second to Turbulator, when he broke the world record, and in fact, I asked Richard Wright about that one time uh, a few years ago, and I said, what do you remember about that governor's handicap where you finished second to Turbulator? And... uh, Wright said that uh, I took the lead from Fleet Fair there in mid-stretch, and my horse was running strong. I thought I was a cinch, and all of a sudden I heard the announcer say turbulator, and I thought, "Uh uh-oh. And he says, I looked over my right shoulder, and before I knew it, he he got ran right past me. He says, it took a world record to beat my horse that day, though. But uh, that kind of reminded me of when I talked to to, him. a fellow by the name of Lafitte Pinkai Jr., when he rode Sham against Secretariat in the Kentucky Derby, turning for home, Lafitte was positive he was going to win his first Kentucky Derby, and he couldn't believe it when Secretariat and Ron Turcott went by him so easily. And it also reminds me when I talked to Alex Elise about uh, riding Bertrando in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he was mm-hmm. on an undefeated two-year-old turning for home on the lead, and his horse was running strongly, and he thought he was going to win. And Patrick Valenzuela was way out in the middle of the track on Arazi. And as Tom Durkin said, Arazi ran right by him. So those are that, that when Richard Wright told me about writing Kid Cabin, it kind of uh, was similar to those same comments. But in terms of another twist of fate, I mean, this horse is so much the class in this race that to me, I just really have to trust that he'll be ready. And plus, when you look at his work tab at Golden Gate Fields, Joe and Vince, look, when I make the morning line at Santa Anita and I'm judging horses that ship down from Golden Gate Fields and the synthetic surface to Santa Anita, when I look at those workouts, I typically take one second off those workouts. Hmm. Uh, that, because that track, that track tends to play about a second slower than a Santa Anita workout typically. It's like there's certain trainers at Santa Anita I'll do that with. A trainer like a Neil Drysdale who does not work his horses fast. So if you see a Neil Drysdale horse working six furlongs and 114, I automatically, to me, make it 113. And Drysdale, I might even go a little more than that. So when you consider that on August 16th, another twist of fate drilled six furlongs on the synthetic strip in 110 and change, yeah. that's like 1-9 and change to me. Mm-hmm. So that's like running a race. So that's the type of workout activity you want to see uh, when you're coming off an extended layoff like another twist of fate is. So... You know, there's still a concern because he didn't run well at all in his first career start at Santa Anita, and that was on the dirt. But that race is so much worse than anything else he's ever run. I think that's just a complete throwout race. Yeah. So to me, this horse really stands out. I I really like this horse to win this race uh, as more strongly than I have any horse in recent years in the Long Acres Mile. 
In fact, uh, he, I like him more than any horse since uh, my pick on your radio show, Joe, was Point Piper in 2016, when under Mario Gutierrez, he won by about five lengths, broke the track record, and paid uh, $12 and change to win that day. Yeah, paid great. One more thing uh, before Vince. Uh, Coco Lopez, uh, Blaine's assistant trainer, showed me that workout on his phone that we're speaking of, and... I, I know Blaine has said how that horse just gallops out, and wow. I mean, talk about the gallop out on that workout. Uh, it was basically a one-mile workout. He gets a lot out of his works, and he was just uh, really moving through the clubhouse turn after the official part of the work was over. So that's uh, another plus for that horse. Vince? Well, the, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, John. The one question another one handicappers might have, the horse might be fresh off the layoff, and there is going to be a strong pace. Would you be a little concerned about him being able to, to settle into a comfortable position early, uh, getting a mile off the layoff? Well, you raise a good point, Vince, because when a horse has uh, been off a long time like this, and when you say fresh, that means they can kind of get rankish, they can kind of get eager early. So that is something to take in into consideration. But I actually think this uh, plots out pretty well for him because, uh, as you pointed out, Vince, there is speed in this race. And uh, I think he'll fall into a fairly comfortable position early in this race. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see um, he's uh, – I, I think we're going to see Papa's golden boy out there winging on the early lead and I actually think Papa's Golden Boy is kind of an interesting price possibility to to be dangerous in this race. Sure, now, he's never sure he's he never is, gone yeah. he's never gone this far, but uh, you know he's a full brother uh, to the winner of the Muckleshoot Derby last week, who crushed him going a mile and a sixteenth in that race. So I mean, off the breeding, you know, he's out of a proud citizen mare. And what a fabulous accomplishment that would be for that broodmare if she were to per- produce the winner of the Muckleshoot Derby and then a week later, a lo- or, you know, of the Long Acres Mile. That would be one of the greatest accomplishments by a Washington broodmare in history. So he'll be out there winging, and, and with whales aboard, I, I don't think it's like impossible. He could possibly even steal the race, especially if another twist of fate you know, does not uh, fire if he off the long layoff. I think Papa's Golden Boy is an intriguing price possibility in the race. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you know, we're comparing him to Attaboy Roy. I mean, his consistent fractions uh, are very comparable to the fastest sprinters in Emerald Downs history, of which you know we've had a lot of fast horses up here. Uh, on our surface uh papa's golden boy uh, they've just let him fly in his three races this year and as you've seen he's opened up huge leads in super fast times and you know in the last 16th even eighth of a mile uh, he's not quite as uh, robust as he was early because of how fast he ran but yeah vince gibson gary wales know that uh, we've got to uh Harness him in a little bit in order to get a mile, and if that can be done, you're right. He is—he's uh, a dynamo for sure. What jo- I think Wales should do is ride him like Santorim did the day that Santorim broke the track record for a mile and a quarter at Long Acres. That was uh, that was on the day of the Seattle handicap in 1973, uh, the day that Table Run won the Seattle handicap, and Santorim that day with Apprentice Gary Bays aboard going a mile and a quarter, opened up like a 12-14 length lead on the backside. And uh, what Gary did that day that was really key is he kind of gave him a breather once he opened up the big lead. 
he was able to just kind of coast along there into the far turn. And, in fact, on the far turn, a horse ridden by Tom McAllister closed the gap from about 14 lengths to about seven, and my hands were were really getting sweaty because <laughs> I had every dollar I had on me that day at that point on Santorim. And then Gary Bays just let out a notch, and Santorim opened back up and won by a big margin and broke the track record that day. So Papa's golden boy to me, I mean, that's how I would ride him. I wouldn't try nursing him early. I would try to really be... A, you know, let him go ahead and open up a huge lead. Make it 10, 15, even maybe like 20 lengths. Who knows? But what I would do is once you opened up that huge lead, then try to just let him give, a, give him something of a breather where he can take a breath and uh, let the field kind of catch up to him like, like that race with Santory. Maybe cut the margin in half and whatever, but have something left if you can for that stretch run. That's what could make him very dangerous to catch in this race. Well, that sounds uh, like a very good possible plan with him to let him open up. And in a mile, you can take a breather when you're that fast. Uh, maybe not in a sprint, but uh, so Papa's golden boy on John White's radar. But uh, your selection sounds like uh, pretty bullish on uh, another twist of fate, John. Yes, it is. I, I Like I say, I like him the most since uh, Point Piper won this race. I will say I think that the main threat to the favorite and uh, in this race at other twist of fate is five-star general i i have a lot of respect for glenn todd and of course mario gutierrez well this is a jockey that uh, won the uh, long acres mile on taylor said in 2012 for todd and uh, that particular year well gutierrez won the kentucky derby for b on i'll have another at 15 to 1 and uh, five-star general, I think, has the credentials to come in here. He won the Grade Three British Columbia Derby last year, the BC Derby, and uh, this w- recent workout he had at Emerald, I think, was quite impressive. Forty-six flat, so I think he's sitting on a good race. The distance, I think, is really good for him. And uh, so, if again, if another twist of fate, see. Sometimes to me, how do you approach a race? What if every horse in the race were to run their very best race? Mm-hmm. Who would win? And to me, this is a no-brainer that it would be another twist of fate off that form that he had in the Sutherland Derby and in the Lexington Stakes. And a lot of people thought he was going to be maybe a, a, a dangerous horse in the Preakness last year. Well, he didn't run well in the Preakness, but you know something went amiss, and he was off ever since that time. But there were no War of Wills or Evan uh, Owendale's horses like that in this race, in my view. So uh, he's the one to beat if they all run their best race. But again, as Vince pointed out, what about the long layoff? So if if it turns out he's not going to be the one on this day, on mile day 2020, I think Five Star General is then the next most likely winner of the race. And as I say, the intriguing horse... Look, if you put some money on Papa's Golden Boy, we used to say this at Playfair back in the 70s sometimes when we would bet a front runner and a friend of mine, we'd say, you know what, at least we're going to get a run for our money here for a while. That's right. And we're going to be out there and we might get a thrill and, uh, you know, maybe the horse will stop and probably the horse will stop and probably they'll, you know, he'll, he'll falter, but... Look, at least we'll get a thrill. The key is he'll be a good price at the race, so it's kind of worth taking a shot with a few bucks. Now, Joe, John, that's one of my all-time favorite handicapping angles. You're just handicapping the race. Who's going to be in front at the quarter pole? And, uh, boy, you'd be surprised. A lot of times that ends up being your winner. 
because you make the lead, you can be tough to beat. And a lot of times a speed horse, you know, they're all or nothing. And when they get the lead at a big price, they are gone. And uh, when they don't run, they back up right away. But if they can make it to that quarter pole, they get very tough in the stretch sometimes. John that's White? A great, that's a great point, Vince. And it, it's similar to the, an angle I've used for the Kentucky Derby. And that is, I try to find a horse that'll be first or second at the eighth pole in the Kentucky Derby. Because the vast, vast majority of Kentucky Derby winners in like the last 50 years have been either first or second. It's not a race where they come rolling late. You know, Giacomo did it. He was an exception, but he was a real exception. Typically, the Kentucky Derby, the winner is going to be either 1-2 by the time they get to the 8th pole. And guess what happened this year? Mm -hmm. The horses that were 1-2 at the 8th pole this year were the same horses that were first and second at the finish line this year. And, of course, that, that would be Authentic, who won the race, and the heavy favorite is the law who finished second. So that's a really good handicapping angle that you, you have there, Vince, for that quarter pole. And I'm not surprised that you've had a lot of success with it. Yeah, John had Authentic in his top four. Really uh, one of the few handicappers who's published that did have Authentic in the top four for the Kentucky Derby. And, of course, uh, we know that's history. The Preakness coming up on Saturday, October 3rd. You can catch John at uh, expressbet.com still. Right, John? That is correct. And also each week uh, through the Triple Crown season, which this year we had an extended Triple Crown season uh, because here we are uh, going all the way into early October this year, but in the Los Angeles Times with the Los Angeles Times newsletter. John, thank you so much. Uh, We know some eyes are going to be on the mile from Southern Cal. Uh, Actually, a lot of eyes this year with our 8.30 Pacific post time. And uh, thanks so much for your input, John. Happy Mile Week, guys. The Long Acres Mile, of course, holds a very special place in my heart. It's the race I love the most uh, in the world. And I've been to the Ark, the Triumph. I've been to the Melbourne Cup. I've been to Breeders' Cups. I was at Hollywood Park for the very first Breeders' Cup, sitting next to Joe Hirsch in the press mm. box. Uh, I mean, I've been to the Kentucky Derby. Look, the Long Acres Mile to me, what's my favorite race? No doubt about it, the Long Acres Mile. Honorary steward, John was in 2011. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. John White joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And, yeah, I mean, there is a guy that uh, covers it all. He's known nationally for his handicapping, his research, his uh, knowledge, his Kentucky Derby history, and uh, to put the mile right up there, that feels good, doesn't it, Vince? It would, and and John would sit here and talk with us till midnight tonight on the Long Acres <laughs> Mile if we wanted him to, and that is the truth. That horse he mentioned, Santorim, that set the record at Long Acres, that was no fluke. That horse was on an amazing two-turn front-running streak back then, in 73 so i'm not surprised john had a little wager on him okay uh how trivia 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 we've been doing trivia right along so last week's question was what what is the worst previous race finish for a long acres mile winner so his previous start his or her uh for a winner uh what was the worst finish well did you have that answer? I did not. No. Okay. It's a good question. Well, it just was last year. A law-abiding citizen was coming off a ninth-place finish in the mm-hmm. Wicker on the grass at Del Mar. That's the the highest, uh, worst finish. In fact, he was last in that race, and he came back to win the mile. So, law-abiding citizen was the answer. We didn't get the right answer on that one. 
there was 84 years to look at of research. This year's question, in the last 50 years, I wasn't able to quite go back for the whole 84 years, but in the last 50 years, who's the oldest trainer to win the Longacres Mile? The oldest trainer to win the Longacres Mile in the past 50 years, 1970 to 2019. And I will give you a hint. It's not Jim Penny. He's close. The five-time, only five-time winner of the mile. So the oldest trainer to win the mile in the last 50 years. And that record, actually, I'll give you another hint. It could be broken this year. Uh, Picks. Last week, Vince was two for two. I know, I can't remember the name of the filly that you had on Wednesday, but she was awesome. We expected her to be on the lead, but she came from off the pace. Well, yeah, she was a huge favorite. Sunshine Beach, another new Cito. We've seen a couple new Citos run really big. She was good. Sunshine Beach won the sixth last Wednesday. And you had a $18 winner that day, Joe. I finally came up with something decent. Thanks. Shoe game uh, dropping in class for Manny Ortiz. She showed again how she likes a mile. And she won the ninth on Wednesday. And then Vince came through again on Thursday. Uh, so lucky was bet down a little bit more than you figured on, you morning line price maker. Yes. But uh, Jennifer Whitaker had a strategy. Hey, we're only going five and a half, right? You bet. And that horse popped the gate. And uh, that horse, so lucky is a fast horse. We all yes. know that, Joe. And he's had a, you know, it's great to see him have a little revival the last couple of years here. You know, after he was a big two-year-old in 2016. He is just fast, and he's uh, he took on a pretty good field last week, beating Mike Mann's gold in his comeback, a couple other good horses. So uh, so lucky, got a 75 buyer. He wow. ran the second fastest five-and-a-half of the meet, just short of wind ribbons, 102-1-1. That's right. So lucky. I've heard uh, John Lindley, I've heard other handicappers reflect back to fast two-year-olds in Emerald Downs history, and they always say, bring up so lucky, how fast he was as a state champion a few years back. Okay, uh, how about the, uh, let's go to Wednesday. Let's make a pick here before we go. Uh, you got somebody on Wednesday? Okay, yeah, I'll go to uh, race five, number six, awesome slate. This is a one of those mile and the 16th, uh, three-year-olds and up, 3,500 starter, I'm sorry. Tough race, yeah. Yeah, 3,500 starter allowance or 7,500 claiming, and that's what I wrote here, Joe. This is a tough race. Yeah. You've got Mirror Image, Shifty Dancer, Aqua Frio, even Christine's Jack are all in form. Awesome slate, though. I think he could get a good trip sitting behind Mirror Image on the stretch out and Shifty Dancer. And uh, this horse has run really good for Eddie Cornier. He's 10 for 30 lifetime, 3 for 5 at the distance. So this horse knows how to win a race. I think 9 to 2 would be a pretty good bargain on a horse like that and really in good form. He's been a good horse in his career, and he is a good horse right now coming off a win. Yeah, and would, would you have him morning line? Nine to two. Nine to two. There, there are some toughies in there. Mirror Image is really sharp. Aqua Frio, we know he's mm-hmm. a good horse. Shifty Dancer is a tough, tough router right now. He's three to one, so uh, it's a tough race. Okay, sixth race is for two-year-olds, made in special weight on Wednesday. And I'm going to go to Naval Escort, who just might slip up. Uh, his buyer speed figures aren't... Uh, the highest, but he ran a solid yep. third in the WTBOA lads as a maiden, as a second-time starter. Uh, Dutton won that race by nine. He was third, beaten ten and a half, and he was ahead of some two-year-olds that have run pretty good races so far. So Naval Escort yeah. at six furlongs, uh, he hasn't shown any on-the-lead or near-the-lead type speed, but 
it looks like he's getting better for David Martinez, and I expect him to to finish well. Yeah, that was a tough race. I think I got a 7-2 morning line favorite, and there's some first-time starters in there with nice pedigrees that have worked well. So I think that if you got an angle, Naval Escort at 6-1 to one is a pretty good price. Okay, and uh, how about Thursday? Have you done enough to pick the mile, or what do you want to go to I'll go on to Thursday? race one. It's, okay. just, it's a three and up, uh, 10 10k starter or 15,000 claiming at six furlongs legitimate cause only been out twice this year hasn't raced since July 29th but in five starts at six furlongs two wins three seconds and I think you know capital expense in Buckley Bay capital expense is a really fast horse for at least for a half mile and Mm -hmm. Buckley Bay is going to go so I think a legitimate cause could be in the right place and he can really finish when he's when he gets the right trip. So and I think he will get it in race one on Thursday. He's only five to two on the line, but I really like his chances. Okay. Vince with uh, legitimate cause first race on Thursday. How about the uh, the uh, eighth race on Thursday, the eighty fifth Long Acres mile? I'm gonna take Glenn Todd's runner. Yeah, five-star general. Yeah, with Mario Gutierrez, a I, big X factor. I agree. Uh, Mario's two for two on the horse. Mario's two for two in the mile. He's an outstanding rider. The horse won his first three races at Hastings over last year and this year. Uh, he's going to get a pace to run at. You bet. Uh, I just see him making a really, really good move. Maybe laying third or fourth, maybe fifth even. But uh, with Mario aboard. Um, you have him at uh, what morning line? Uh, nine to two. Nine to two. Uh, okay. Kind of a yeah. He's the second choice way yep. down at nine to two because you got a bunch of horses jumbled nine to two, eight to one, ten to one range. Okay, you know in that race, I totally respect another twist of fate. You know, like John said on paper, he's a very classy horse. But I am going to have some fun there and go with Papa's Golden okay. Boy. I, I couldn't bet a serious money on the horse, but I you know I will take a flyer on him because it will be fun. I like betting on feed horses that are stretching out you get like john said you do get a thrill for your money so he is fast um there is other speed in the race so it's asking a heck of a lot of a lightly raced horse like him to win the long acres mile but he is fast you know and there's he's he's a fast race horse so he certainly has earned this opportunity i'll certainly have him on some exact tickets as well okay it's mile week at emerald downs first race on wednesday is what did you say 215 uh, correct, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, and then Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, mile day here at Emerald Downs. Uh, go to your local ADW, firstbet.com. It's a great place to watch and wager on the Long Acres Mile on your device. Uh, thanks to Wes and Glenn Todd and John White joining us on the Mile Week edition of Horse Racing Northwest.